Welcome to Wrestling is Hard! Where every side is the dark side of the ring. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at hard number four wrestling. I'm Jim. Brandon, what's up? Happy Thanksgiving week to you in the United States. Everyone in the United States, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving week, guys. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. You got anything good? Any juice? Any weekly juice? Do I have any juice? No, I already started uh, the thanksgiving meals doing thanksgiving with people that i'm not going to do actual thanksgiving with uh i've already gained five pounds between that meal and leftovers and i'm in that like if you work a corporate job anytime you want to take off you just end up working that many hours of the week in less days so i'm in that sprint to thanksgiving right now i was i got tickets to see bob dylan so monday i was scrambling around i was like i gotta go be at bob at eight uh, 7:30, got dressed, looked at my tickets, and I realized that they're from next for next Monday at the <laughs> Met. So uh, that's the kind of week I'm having right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least you you figured it out before you left the house, right? Thank God I didn't show up at the gate. Yeah. I went to a show. I went and saw Dinosaur Jr. last week. Nice. I was going to go to that. Very loud. How was it? Very, very loud, as always. Very loud. A lot of fun. It's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. You plug I, I, up. I ran it. Now we forgot. We always forget. I ran into a, a girl I work with, or work that works for me, and uh, she walks by and she's like, "I saw so many people I thought was you," and I was like, "Yeah, because you're among my people—people people glasses, baseball caps, and denim jackets. <laughs> this is the, the show for you, Dinosaur Junior." Yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. Chris, how was nice. your week? Hello, Chris, are you there? Did he die? Yeah, oh. I had a little. Little stutter step with the mute button there. It's all good. How was your week? Yeah, um, good. Uh, just uh, doing the old getting stuff ready for Thanksgiving today. So. Oh yeah, what I, are you uh, doing? You having people over? Oh, Why are you invited? No, no, you're not invited. Um, <laughs> we're not having any. We're going up the mountains. We're going to my mother-in-law's. Um, so I said I would bring a few things. Uh, so we're actually bringing the physical turkey because I got one for free this month. Actually, I got two free. Actually, I got three free turkeys this Wait, week. Wait, I thought they were going for $1,000 or whatever the, the news told me. How did you get three free turkeys? So uh, I have a Butcher Box subscription, um, and November they sent us a free turkey. And we were supposed to get our Butcher Box whatever day of the week it was, and uh, it didn't show. And they, you know, leave it on the step, basically in this like, weird cardboard cooler inside of a cardboard box packed with dry ice. So it didn't show up. So uh, my wife called and, excuse me, sorry, I'm chugging Red Bull, a little, a little Red Bull back up there. So my wife called them uh, and spoke <laughs> to the woman at the company. I'll make this as short as possible. She spoke to the woman at the company and the courier service they use, because they use a private courier, uh, said they had dropped it off and they didn't. So it was probably sitting in the back of a van somewhere. So Butcher Box sent us another box. And the next day, the original box came, and everything still was frozen solid. So we ended up getting two butcher box this month. Nice. And then my boss always buys everybody a turkey at Thanksgiving. That's amazing. You get them from Cisco. Yeah. So, I'll give my employees uh, I anything. Lot, I got like free. I got like two hundred hours in free meat this year. We've been staking it up, man. <laughs> Last nice. couple of days. Um. Yeah. So I made a few side dishes that I'm going to bring up, and uh, finished off He-Man Revelation today. What season two? I finished that in one day. Yeah, it came out today. I watched it all day today. Oh shit! Like as I was doing stuff, it was like I mean, it's like 
it's five episodes, I think, so or four episodes, so it's only what less than two hours. I checked it last night because um, my wife and I are watching a Netflix show called Hellbound, which is it's yes, a uh, Korean um, drama. It's um, it's by the same director that I believe did Kingdom, which I highly recommend. Kingdom is fucking amazing. Um, and uh, I think it was King- I think he did Kingdom, but anyway, um. Yeah, it's been fun so far, but there it's a heavy show. We watched three episodes, and she went to bed, and I was looking for something to pick up. And I checked last night to see if I was like, oh, He-Man Revelations, maybe they new episodes came out. No, they came out this morning. Probably midnight they came out. And uh, I ended up I ended up diving into uh, Tokyo Revengers. So any anime fans out there, I started that. Apparently it's very good. It's a time travel thing. But go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I, I, I noticed it this morning because I was just curious. I noticed that it was coming out, but I figured it was – I knew it was coming out this week, but I didn't know when. And I looked, and apparently I guess their thing is they drop at midnight Pacific. Oh, they wait that long. Okay. Yeah, so they wait till midnight Pacific, so it's not until 3 a.m. Uh, on the East Coast. Unlike yeah, or, what I what screwed is up 3 a.m. or is that 6 a.m.? When is that? <laughs> <laughs> what I screwed up last week, and I was like, wait, that's got to be late. How late is that on the West Coast? Midnight there. California, yeah. Yeah, what time is it here? <laughs> Brandon, did you check out any of these shows we talked about? No, I haven't watched any of those shows. I don't I have, don't watch really shit. I just put, like, YouTube on, watch people do, like, wilderness survival or unbox Fantastic. video games. Just Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I discovered... Pure crap. I discovered um, people, this guy just uh, for... KHD walks around areas of Japan for like hours. No dialogue, nice. no nothing. Oh my gosh, fucking amazing. Guys, Ram Black, Ram Block is his name on YouTube. It's fucking amazing. It puts me right to sleep. It's amazing. Because I've been having some in, uh, some uh, insomnia issues over the last few weeks, just anxiety in general. I tend to wake up in the middle of the night, but I've been getting home from work. I've been putting in more hours at physical late hours at the bar. Been coming over work, unable to sleep, not really drinking, so I'm like sitting there drinking a glass of water, and I've been putting that on. Also, I figured out that I can sleep on my couch by wrapping my hoodie around my face and tying it as tight as possible. I can sleep on my couch for hours. It's a nice move. That's what I do. I I, I just sleep on the couch and with YouTube on all night. Do you do the hoodie move? Because that's my move. I pull this tight. No, as I haven't tried so that. Sunlight totally doesn't touch up. my face. It's amazing. My eyes are always dry when I'm done though fetal position oh always just recreate the womb always recreate the womb uh elbows at nose level hands <laughs> in a prayer position that's how i sleep every night uh i'll have to check that. yeah chris i was gonna say you're going into you brought that up where it's just like wilderness videos or uh you know like you said this guy just walking around japan with no dialogue we're getting into that time of year i was talking about it with a friend we're getting into the uh alone in the wilderness yeah. Time uh, of the year with Dick Prenicky. Prenicky, that's his name. Yeah. yeah Dick Prenicky alone in the well, wilderness. No, that so there's is. dialogue. Okay, so, so uh, go ahead, Chris. You want to explain? Yeah, so it's a guy. I, this guy, Dick Prenicky, just went up into the Alaskan wilderness uh, with a with a with with some really basic supplies and a wind-up 16-millimeter camera and basically filmed himself doing everything. He builds a cabin, 
they don't really get into him hunting or anything like that, but he builds a cabin. He does a ton. His woodwork and stuff's amazing. He builds all his own tools. He makes his own bowl and spoon. I mean, he does everything, but the whole time he's doing it, he's narrating it, and he kind of talks like this. And I went out to the lake, and I saw a grizzly bear. It was majestic. <laughs> it's so good. Probably put me right to bed, but it's, in the best way possible. On, it's on once a year, this time of year. And it's during their fundraiser because they sell the DVD still and VHS, VHS and DVD of. Well, nice. The, f- <laughs> the funny thing is, I guess I guess it's his estate. Will. You can't. Well, I, as far as I remember, you can't get it on YouTube like they are all over that thing being copyright protected. Right. So anytime, anytime, tr- anytime somebody tries to put it up, they get it yanked right down. So, I mean, I, I'm probably sure that that's probably like their biggest form of currency coming in oh, is yeah. the royalties of Alone they in the Wilderness. Is. So they're so they're they're uh, they're protecting that shit. And I doubt the guy had kids. No, he was in the woods he, for a thousand years. He was in the woods for thousands of years. So yeah, I don't know, but yeah, they they protect the. Um, well, I know. I, so I know that the the actual house that he lived in is like a national historic site. Something along those lines. Hmm. So maybe it's the parks department that, you know, may put that video out, hmm. and they're not going to let that shit get on the on YouTube. I got I got really into this. Uh, there's a couple documentaries called Missing 411, and it's this like borderline conspiracy theory guy of disappearances in America's national parks. And these stories are so bizarre. This has been like one of my new my new hobbies is digging into all these national park disappearances and uh, what goes on out there. I definitely recommend checking it out. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's like 60 percent of the way to ancient aliens, but enough. Whatever it is, I'm like, I still believe it. So. (laughs) All right. I got some stuff. Hold on. I got stuff to show off. So I put a bunch of pre-orders in and then I realized there's this magazine that's been coming out that I'm able to get a hold of, and I'm going to show it to you guys. It's going to be backwards. So it's monthly Puroresu, right? So it's 10 bucks. Look, it's got Maki Ito on there, hand-drawn. What is what is Puroresu? That is the uh, katakana way to pronounce pro wrestling in Japan. So when they say Nihon Puroresu, that means Japanese pro wrestling. So it's basically like it's very kind of kayfabe So... It goes through all these Japanese promotions, like there's fucking Keno from All Japan, or not All Japan, from uh, Noah, which we'll talk about in a minute. I got the new one. It's got Starlight Kid on the cover. Very cool. Um, very neat. It's it, it reminds me a lot of the old books, you know what I mean? Like the old uh, uh, PWI, like there she is, Mio Yamashita. Very cool. Ten bucks a pop. I'm going to see if I can I'm get a couple of the issues that I'm interested in, and I'm going to see if I can get like a yearly one when I get some money. <laughs> but I've been I've been doing all this pre... Well, this isn't part of the pre-order, but I've been doing all this pre-order stuff from the summer, and it's all starting to show up. But a lot of the shit that I ordered, I forgot who I ordered it for. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm asking people their sizes and T-shirts. I'm like, what did you... I got this XL here. What size do you wear again? Oh, that's right. I got it for you. So <laughs> all the gifts are starting to show up. And I ordered two things from New Japan's store. I have no idea where they're going to if they're going to show up or not. Exciting times around. I can't my do a pre-order. Uh, Why not? I'm, I'm an instant gratification guy. Like yeah. if it, yeah, because I usually I, I was I was going to say I have 
pre-orders of Super 7 G.I. Joe Ultimates that I Ooh. probably won't see until the middle of next year. Yeah, I have my landlord from my last place contacted me. He's got a box of mine from Super 7. That's uh, I, I have no idea when I ordered it. It must have been so, when I lived in, in the old house. That's a year ago. Let's th- let's think. It's pr- it's either New Japan stuff, probably King Diamond. I don't know. Maybe and now they and they and I think they did maybe a Lemmy. It's not that. I think it's New Japan. Yeah, it's most likely new for you, Super Seven. I know pretty much everything they've ever put out. It's definitely it's definitely New Japan. Yeah, I got the fully constructed uh, Voltron, Go Lion. I got him. Okay. And then everything else I got from Super 7 was New Japan. And uh, I did recently get a box, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I opened it. It was a little tiny box from Super 7. They must have had some problems with the action figure hands for New Japan Pro Wrestling. They sent me a box full of hands. And they're all oh, nice. by name. Yeah, they must have had a problem. And that's the stuff I got last uh, two years ago. So A box full of hands? <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you an ordering story. So it was a pre-order story, and I just got it in the mail. So I ordered... There's a toy company out there called Toy Snobs. Sounds and like you're you're one of them, Chris. <laughs> their their uh their mascot is Turtle Tor, so he's Skeletor, but he looks like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And I got an email that said, you know, hey, we're we're putting some more of these out. If you want to order one, you know, you can order one that's kind of the package is busted up and it's a whole lot cheaper. And uh, you can open it, you know. So I said, all right, yeah, I'll order one. So I ended up getting that. Finally came in the mail. And with that, I bought a uh, a Japanese promotional poster T-shirt of the He-Man and Masters of the Universe movie with Frank Langella and Dolph Lundgren, which is pretty cool. So I'm looking at the package, and the package is a little busted up. But it doesn't look that bad, and I'm thinking, just leave it in the package, you know. And then I noticed his sword is kind of slid down the front of the, the blister. And it's bothering the hell out of me. Right. So so I'm like, out of hell with it. You bought it to open it, open it up. I pop it open. I go to pop the sword in his hand. Sword snaps in half. Sure. Thanks, Toy Snaps. Yeah. So me being the, uh, I would say a, I don't want to say master, but I'm proficient in making little plastic things stick together. Mm-hmm. I uh, I ended up, you know, slipping a, drilling a little hole on either side and putting a little piece of metal. They call that pinning in pinning, the yes. in the miniatures world. I ended up pinning it together and gluing it. it. Looks pretty good, but I didn't bother trying to stick it back in his hand. You I would have instantly been on the phone with toys. I would have no. I would have instantly been on uh, with toy snobs customer service. Get the complete in box one for free. Yeah, they probably send another free shit too. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. Last time I complained, it was oh, it's a wrestling podcast. I'll bring this up. I can't. Last I can't time. The last time I complained about something, I ordered a Minoru Suzuki print. It was a sweatshirt. It was a picture of his face um, by the the guy. I don't know the guy's name, but the company's called Beyond Gorilla. Mm-hmm. And he's been posting a lot of stuff up recently. People have been posting this stuff up from AEW shows. And uh, never saw hide nor pair of it. It just went into the ether. And I gave him a ton of time, and I ended up sending him a message saying, hey, listen, I ordered this shirt, and I never got anything from you, and the money got taken out of my bank account. And he contacted me back about two months later, or a month after that, I'm sorry, about a month, about two months after I ordered it, about a month later, and he said, oh, well, you know, that was out of stock. If you ordered that, it should have just refunded your money. 
I said, I'll look, but I don't think it did. And it didn't. And I told them, and I never heard from that guy ever again. I never saw my $60 again. And I would have made a thing. Every time I see somebody post this shit, I want to tag him and be like, owes me 60 bucks, <laughs> you know, on everything. But instead, you know, maybe he listens to this podcast and I can say, hey, Brian, Beyond Gorilla Guy, give me my fucking money back, you piece of shit. <laughs> like that guy I ordered the blue, the, 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 the blue chew? Uh, no, what's it? What was Blue Panther mask off at a wrestling convention in Ben Salem when I was like 18? And he ne- he was supposed to mail it to me and he never did. So that guy too. Both of you. Fuck him. I tried Blue Chews. Didn't do anything. I didn't. <laughs> But I, I want, I need it. <laughs> gave me a headache. Gave me a headache. <laughs> I need something. Does it work? What my dick? No, you not your dick. I don't oh, care. No, that doesn't work. Blue chew. No, Brendan said it doesn't work. My dick, uh, it it works. It does. My, but my I was dick. like, let, let me my see dick. if this is like, let me see if this like gives me a little extra. Why not? I just, I just got a headache. My head got all hot. No, no real difference. <laughs> extra dick. Can I get extra dick from this blue chew? <laughs> When you took the blue chew, were you in your house waiting for Bob Dylan? Like, anyone on Undertaker? So it was. It was uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic. I'm gonna take the blue chew. <laughs> <laughs> right at the beginning of the pandemic, I w- could not see my girlfriend because her family was afraid she was living at home with her parents. So I was like, I'm gonna buy this, and then when I see her, I'm gonna take it and just light the light the lamp. So I, that's what I did, and I was like, not that I didn't light the lamp, but I was like, man. The pain just got yeah. so hard it bent into I your can't. stomach. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something <laughs> right now. This, but... If I was in that situation, I would have bought it with those intentions and probably taken it that night and just been on the computer all night long. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, don't stop me, motherfucker. <laughs> it's getting a little sore. Well, this is a wrestling podcast. I guess we're kind of talking yes. about wrestling. I'm about to celebrate the holidays. Brandon, I'm opening the holidays. Do you ever have Trogue's Blizzard of Hops? I have not, no. It's probably my favorite holiday beer, so I'm going to put it inside my Asuka koozie that says nice. Drunk Mess of Tomorrow on it. I'm going to crack Maybe I'll that crack open. a little Miller Lite here. It's a holiday pod. Here we go. Happy Thanksgiving to all you uh, heavy drinkers out there. And if you don't, enjoy your club soda. There you go. All right, so let's get started. Let's see what I got. Oh, WWE released a bunch of people, by the way, <laughs> again. <laughs> let's go through the list. Um, there's some make sense. Some, uh, I guess, make sense in retrospect. But So I'm going to go through the list, and uh, you stop me if you have anything you want to say. Well, we'll start. We'll just start with John Morrison. John Morrison released, no surprise here, since uh, Taya Valkyrie got released uh, a couple of weeks ago. Chris, thoughts? None. I think we knew this was going to happen. He wasn't doing shit. Right. I, especially since Miz like went on hiatus, then John Morrison was barely on television. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon, you got any thoughts on it? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back again at some point. But Yeah, we'll see what the uh, job market's going to look like in January. You know what I mean? Um, I'll go through some more. Shane Thorne of uh, TDMTK or whatever the fuck his name was. The Mighty Don't Kneel. You guys might remember him as uh, half of the tag guys with the other guy <laughs> in NXT and also part of Retribution. Uh, I mean, it makes sense that he would go to New Japan. Of all these guys that look like they were going to go to New Japan, this guy screams it. 
Brandon, thoughts? I don't know who that is. Right, exactly. Chris? He was hockey mask guy mm-hmm. in Retribution. Yeah, um, Jigsaw? Jacksaw? What? what oh. wait, what? Dick Miser? What, what the name? fuck was his name? I don't remember. What was her tag team in? TDK? The Mighty 61. Oh, the Mighty 61. Yeah. DM 61. In, I, in Noah, they were the Mighty Don't Kneel. DMDK. Right. You know, don't Slapjack. Know. Slapjack. What did I call him? Dick Miser? Jigsaw. Jigsaw. Called him the Heat Miser. <laughs> Heat Miser. Um, Jackson Riker. Surprising. I thought Vince was all about this fucking dude. Chris, thoughts on Jackson Riker? He was greasy <laughs> enough. Was he greasy beard guy? He was Greasy Beard, yeah. He was part of the, uh, yeah, I, the Sons of Anarchy that all got released. He was he was create a wrestler. Yeah, 2022. Was. Yeah, very shiny. Brandon? He was the token. I can't believe they cut this person and Jackson Riker's still on the roster. So mm-hmm. now finally. No, he's gone. Now we got to find another came. person. Um, Drake Maverick. Surprised he stuck around as long as he did. Chris, Tegan Knox is gone. The shiniest wizard. Thoughts, Chris? I I don't know I, I don't know what to say I, I mean that's almost a it's almost like they took like one of those bingo things with a bunch of women's names in it and they just spun it and pulled one out because if they fired her they could fire anybody because you know it's you know wait uh, WWE is it's either you're wrestling for a title or fighting over a man or we don't use you at all so you know very odd but right. whatever she, they could have got- fired anybody. Yeah, they, she could. They, she got called up with Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi's now just Shotzi, and she's a heel now. Tignock didn't have anything to do. It's you know, I mean, at least they paid her when she had blown out her knees twice. She stuck around during that contract. Can't complain too much about that, I guess. Brandon, thoughts on Tegan Knox? Who? I mean, I was she was fine, I guess. No, I don't have anything. I'm not a big, you know, I wasn't really watching NXT that closely, so I don't have much of an opinion on her. And here's the big ones. We save them for last. The ones that make no fucking sense. Top dollar. Ashanti the Adonis and Isaiah Swerve Scott. All three released. I don't fucking get it, man. This looked like it was this group, including, uh, what was the woman that was involved with that? I forget her name. I don't remember. Q? Something Q, maybe? No, that was, that's Karen Q. But, um, the four of them. BFAB. BFAB. The four of them seem like they were ready to print money, and this makes no fucking sense to me at all. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, this is the one that obviously was the most surprising, and it, uh, you know, you could have said these about a lot of these, but they really make sure that you feel like you're wasting your fucking time if you watch this, because even if you aren't interested in the main characters that exist every week, this was probably the top group, and Isaiah Swerve Scott where you're like, oh, here's something new. They're they're putting in my face and telling me that I should be checking out, whether it be on NXT or I think SmackDown they came up to. And then they immediately fucking bail on it within uh, three months. So, yeah, you know, more reason why we don't cover it. Chris, thoughts? Yeah, um, it was odd. I find that very odd that they, uh, out of all the people, of that's who they got rid of that was the only people that they were the only three that had something going interesting at all that was new you know what I mean? something different um 
I don't know, man. Fucking Isaiah Swerve Scott, like the dude looked cool as fuck. Everything about him looked cool. He was, yeah, he's fucking good looking and buff and cool tattoos and cool hair and cool move set and they fucking blew it. They honestly blew it. I think Top Dollar did a uh, interview recently where he said he did all kinds of. They had him planned out for Raw and SmackDown and Survivor Series, and he did um, promo work for Black Friday sales. And then they got called and said, "Nope, you're done." It's crazy. Brandon, any final thoughts on this? Are we done? That's a good question. Are we done with the cuts? I mean, I don't see why we would be there. I don't know why that they're staggering them like this and, and keep making the news for the worst reasons. And uh, it's disrespectful to their fans that they're not saying anything about it or why they're doing it besides budgets when everyone knows that their uh, income statement looks A-OK. So, you know, what a waste of fucking time. But anybody that got into these characters, I feel bad for them. You know, I, was, uh, I see the argument online, you know, on particular Twitter, but. I don't really put too much faith in it. It's that, you know, if you were a kid coming, you know, and you get attached to these guys and then they disappear, that, like, you would stop being interested. I don't, I, that, that, I don't see that necessarily. Like, if you watched wrestling in the fucking back in the day, like, not everybody was under contract. They'd stick around for a couple months. They'd disappear. The weird thing is that they bring these guys up with a big bang and then they don't do anything with them. Like, why bother even coming with the Big Bang? That doesn't make any sense at all. And of all of them, like, uh, what was their what was their crew called? I forget what their their faction was called. Hit Row. Hit, Hit Row. Row. Yeah, of all of them, like Hit Row seemed like it was made to make money. And it like if this speak, I, I think that this faction spoke to people of all ages. You know what I mean? Like, my age, all the way down to little kids. Like, you were like, this is fucking cool. These dudes are cool. I don't get it. I mean, I'm, I don't, I guess it'll come out eventually. Go ahead, Brandon. Exactly, yeah. I, like, if it's AEW and all of a sudden you don't see Dr. Luther after he was on TV a couple of times, like, you don't really think twice about it, but it's the, it's the intentional effort to push someone and then, you know they're not going to fucking address that these people have all of a sudden disappeared from the storyline that, especially if you're eight years old, you're very compelled by and tuning into every week. Daddy, what happened to Isaiah Swerve Scott? You got fired, you little shit. I'll do your homework. Chris, final thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, though, I don't remember being too I – I don't remember stopping watching wrestling when Billy Jack Haynes disappeared after WrestleMania right, 3. Um... So – I mean, but that's, I, I, I understand like, where you're coming from. Like Brandon says, it's like these guys had like, they come out like it's a big deal. Yeah. Multimedia, like multimedia promotion of these, these guys. And all of a sudden it's like, not only do they disappear, they just got let go. Like you're not getting paid anymore either. See you later. Okay, Chris. Yeah. All of a sudden, sorry. All of a sudden, if the brood just disappeared when I was a kid, I would like, I would remember what the hell happened to why what happened where to the vampire people go? Like... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's move on. I mean, that's, this is kind of old news at this point. I'm sure every fucking idea has been put out there about it. But um, how about Survivor Series? I attempted to watch it. I only watched a little bit of it. Uh, WWE 
released a bunch of people, and then Vince McMahon shows up on television with a $500 million gold egg as their storyline, <laughs> as if the gobbledygooker and an egg wasn't a bad enough story. Brandon, did you watch the entire show? Yes and no. So I watched the, from the beginning of the show after the Becky Lynch-Charlotte Flair match. Dozed off. I had to uh, fill myself with turkey. And I woke up right before the Big E Roman Reigns match. So I caught those two, and I think, I guess I did kind of see the entire show. <laughs> Seems like that's the only thing things of interest. I watched all the shit in the middle. <laughs> I could still get all the poop. So I missed the uh, Charlotte and Becky match, which apparently was very good. I'm not going back and finding it. I'm sorry, WWE. And, um,. The first match I watched was, uh, I believe, was the men's elimination match, men's Survivor Series elimination match. Kevin Owens gets counted out, and then, like, I think two other dudes get counted out. Like, there was multiple you... countouts in this match. I, I... And and Drew, Bra- Drew McIntyre, I think, wins. I'm not checking the fucking results. I don't care. I think Drew McIntyre won that match. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins won? He was the sole survivor. Who was he in there with? I don't care. I forget. <laughs> I think it may have been. I think it may have been uh, Drew McIntyre. Was it Boob McIntyre? It was Grease Chest. No, no, no. It was somebody that wasn't expected to win. Oh no, no, no. It was. It was. Um. I don't know who he was in there with. It may have been Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. It was. Yeah. Who? As yeah, soon as because... you saw those two in there, it was like what? And then I saw the ending. I was like, womp womp. Like no surprise. Also, heavy pumped-in cheering during this audience. The crowd was just like laugh tracks in the background. I was like, ah! and they were all sitting there on their hands. Like, I just paid $1,000 for these seats. I'm not enjoying any of it. Chris, Well, thoughts? they kept you... saying, go ahead. sorry. No, go ahead, Brandon. They, they kept saying during it, from what I watched, 15,000 people in attendance, and I'm like, that's an NBA arena. That definitely seats more than 15,000. I just looked it up. It's like 18,000. So didn't sell out. <laughs> just no, big. yeah, because they had they... more seats because there's seats on the floor, the expensive ones. Yeah, so call it maybe 19. The... Were they in Barclays? Yeah. They were oh, in the Barclays. I was there. Yeah, I yeah. was there. Awesome. Chris, thoughts on Survivor so, Series? Yeah, so um, first of all, I think it's time that I mean, we can all agree that this is a pay-per-view. They call it the big four, but there's really big three and Survivor Series. You know, they it's almost like they hold on to this pay-per-view every year because this get like this gimmick of a pay-per-view solely because it's the second pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Like they have WrestleMania and then two years later came Survivor Series. And it's almost like they hold on to it just because of that. But this, I mean, let's admit it that this is probably – way low in the tier of of wrestling pay-per-view right i mean if i could just to i mean this is absolutely not in fact i'm just guessing but the fact that it's around thanksgiving i have a feeling that they get really high buy rates because of this probably yeah i think so 
But, you know, here was the thing. It becomes very difficult to do this now um, just because, you know, Internet and whatnot. But if I'm not mistaken, wasn't this the day before Thanksgiving? They would tape it before and then air it on pay-per-view the day before Thanksgiving. I don't think this was a Sunday pay-per-view in the beginning. I thought this was Wednesday night they used to air this on pay-per-view. I don't think they – I think it was recorded. Like I'm talking back in 87, 88, 89. I'm fairly certain that this was a – they used to air this on Wednesday. Well, when you're done making your point, you can do a little research. On your I am. Activity. I'm going to do that in my little my little machine here because if I use my computer, my computer, the fan will go on and on by everybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> any any other but, thoughts? Uh, go ahead. Before yeah, you start looking um, it up. You know, yeah. So two things. Number one, I haven't said this. Me being the 40k fan that I am, that Shayna Baszler has been wearing 40k gear for the last yeah. month, I think, which has been pretty cool. And, 40k uh, for people that don't know it. Huh? Yes. And um, Kevin Owens doing amazing character work, as usual. You know, he was saying that if everybody thinks he's a scumbag, guess what? You're going to find out what a big scumbag he can actually be. You know, there are great characters, and then there are guys that do great character work. And you look at guys, I was just, you know, you look at guys like Kevin Owens. There aren't many of them, but Kevin Owens, I think Deep Rise up there. With this, like, I actually act like a human being acts work. Mm-hmm. And I think when Biggie gets serious, when he was telling um, Apollo Crews, I don't know, what is his name? Is he still Apollo Crews? Or did he turn his He's name when Apollo, he went? I think. Apollo. But when he was telling Apollo to go back to catering, mm-hmm. like, you had your chance. It's time to go back to catering now. Yeah. Like, you know, there are so, they're, they're, they're so focused on, WWE is a big, uh, a big proponent, I guess, of this. They push it, these massive characters that don't act like actual human beings and the people that resonate, I think, the best with fans. Like, you might get more fans of a Drew McIntyre than you do of a Kevin Owens, but Kevin Owens is going to have actual fans, people that are really into what he's doing, not people that are just into the spectacle of him being out there. Right. If that makes any sense. No, it does. Uh, I, I mean, I... Definitely these, these superhero-like characters, I think, are for a specific audience, in particular people's kids. Yeah, I agree yeah, with that. Like that. And he's always going for that. Right. Yeah. And the other thing, I, I want to know if you guys noticed this. So we haven't watched any WWE at all. Hmm. We've been watching AEW. I turned on this pay-per-view at the beginning. I caught it from the very beginning. You watched and the whole thing? No, oh, okay. I did not. Jesus. I just happened to catch it from the very beginning. <laughs> It was like five hours, um, I think. It yeah, outrageous. it was way too long. And apparently I was th- I was looking, you know, this could be absolute bullshit, but they had like, well, I will tell you this, that they had, um, they had, the closer was Roman and Big E, right? Two tremendous characters, two tremendous workers, good match, right? Had no fucking stakes, so I don't give a shit about it, but it was entertaining. They had, I think, somewhere in the teens of minutes, 16, 17, I don't know the exact time of the match. I think their match time overall was just a little bit over the entrance time for the men's Survivor Series match. I know that um, Brian Alvarez had mentioned that he broke it down. He was like, for the Survivor Series matches, they were like, or the entire show, it was like so many minutes, and a large portion of it was everybody got an introduction. For these five-on-five matches, which is fucking ridiculous. Just have them all come out. Brandon, thoughts? 
I don't have any thoughts on that, but a couple things I wanted to bring up. Pat McAfee was uncomfortably bad from what I watched. Was he fucking high? What was this? He was jumping all over. He was high-fiving people. He was really weird. I think this. my perception of it is that guy is very, very busy. And I think when he joined WWE, it was like a cool thing for him. And WWE has obviously become uncool as of late. So he probably isn't doing a lot of preparation or maybe he doesn't even want to be there. And he's not a professional announcer. He just isn't. That's not something he spent a lot of time doing. And not saying he's bad at it, but uh, I would say, I mean, if I can interject, I would say he's been pretty from what we watched before. Mind you, we've been off it for a couple of months. He's pretty fucking entertaining usually, but he was just absolutely fucking bizarre in the show. Go ahead. But I. Yeah, yeah, and the only reason I say he's not a professional is because when things are bad, I don't think his interest level was there. Like a Michael Cole would just eat shit regardless of what's going on. But Mike, Michael Cole and Corey Graves obviously have the dialogue going on where they're walking through the match, and he's the third guy that chimes in with lines when something exciting's happening. And he was just really forcing it throughout to the point where I was just like, he's fumbling his words, is just kind of making me uncomfortable. The shit he's saying wasn't making sense. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is the secondhand embarrassment that I felt for Vince during that golden egg segment. Did you guys notice? Uh, and I was wondering if he did this on purpose or if this was like, as soon as he did it, he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. He brings out this golden egg and everybody looks around and is like, should we act interested? And they're like, it's the boss. Yeah. Woohoo. Cheer. And he holds it out in front of everybody and people start reaching at it. And he's pans across the group with the golden egg and then he gets to reginald and reginald's like going to put his fingers on it and he just yanks it back <laughs> and i was like and stares at reginald and i was like oh of course the one fucking black guy is the one he's like don't I steal know. this he's like oh like i got my skin I got all the same hot. thing i was like, I was oh, like oh fuck vince what the fuck are you doing that was a weird so, segment did we get conclusion of this segment did you watch raw or anything did it continue to raw this egg thing i think it did they're trying to find it, who he stole was, it. Yeah, that he was yelling at Sonya Deville and uh, and the other gross dude that works for Oh, him. Adam Pierce. I can't even look at that guy. So, I got info. Okay, here we go. All right. Survivor the Series. Big reveal. Was a re- yeah. Uh, created to be a Thanksgiving tradition as the first eight Survivor Series events took place on either Thanksgiving Day, 87 to 90, or Thanksgiving Eve, 91 to 94. Okay, I definitely remember watching it on Thanksgiving then. I remember watching it on Thanksgiving Eve, maybe one on Thanksgiving. I think the Thanksgiving one that you remember watching was the one where it was the king and the four guys, and one of them was supposed to be Terry Funk, and the other one was obviously Barry Horowitz. Oh, it was um the it was Lawler Royal Flush or whatever it was called. Yeah, it was Lawler and his in his knights versus the Hart brothers. Yeah. Yeah, terrible. Oh, but let me let me get back to what I did want to make a point. I wanted to ask you this question real quick. So we've been watching a majority of the stuff we've been watching has obviously been AEW in Japan. When I turn this pay-per-view on, I had do you does anybody else have an extremely difficult time watching WWE now because of the production? Because it's very hard to watch. Like I actually get confused with the camera angles changing. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, keep it on one. I never realized how bad it is. When I was watching the Charlotte Flair Becky Lynch match, they were in like 
you know, they're on the ground by the ropes and the camera angle went from underneath to above to underneath to above to underneath to above must have been 15 times in like a 10 second period, 20 seconds. It wouldn't have been that fast, but you know what I mean? I just, I never really noticed how frenetic, is that the word? Frenetic, 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 frenetic their production is until we had an alternative to watch and see, Oh, this is, you know, I think this that is, it's, I think that it's gotten worse since they've come out of pandemic. Yeah. I think that they added like to try to add more energy to the shows that were in an empty arena. They started with the giant projections and the, and then of course the, the 4k entrance and all that weird shit. But they're not going back. They're keeping it. It's absolutely bizarre. And the way everything is presented in WWE now more than ever, where it's directly at the camera, it must be so bizarre to sit there and watch this. The only time they're paying attention to the fans is when they're actually in the ring. They come out, they do this hoop and holler, and then they walk right at the camera like, and stare right. It's so fucking weird. Chris, good. No, I was just gonna. Say, I just, I just, I, like I said, I was watching it, and I was just like, oh my god, I think I'm gonna have a fucking seizure. It's like seizure inducing. Yeah, it's, it's horrific. And also to your point before, but then we'll get off of this. I just thought of this when we, you were talking, Brandon, with Pat McAfee. You also have to remember, you know, I mean, coming from if WWE uh, announcers are guys that work for a TV show, right? So they're. They're over time. They learn how to make. They try to make chicken salad out of chicken shit, right? I mean, they're they're talking about things being exciting when they're obviously not. And when you get a when you have a, a professional sports game, you have two. If the Flyers are playing the Lightning on NBC and it's a terrible fucking game, they'll either switch to another game if there's one going on, or the announcers will still start saying like, oh, "This is some of the worst hockey I've ever seen." Right. It's and like they baseball, will shit all over it. it. Like baseball, you have to make up antidotes because baseball is a slow game. Right. But something that's supposed to be high action. They'll just yes. They'll just comment that it's not high action right now. That yeah. These this is absolutely atrocious. This is what these guys need to do. They're not doing it, and this is a difficult game to watch. I've always said like um some of the best sport in the world to watch is a really good football soccer match. It's some of the most entertaining fucking sports you can watch. Some of the worst sports you can watch is a bad football game, bad soccer. And the, the announcers will lay into the teams for acting, either playing down or acting like fucking assholes. They're not afraid to do that. When you're working with for Vince, you got to tell him it's great. It's great. Don't touch my egg, black man. <laughs> yeah, it was like 15 minutes into the Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch match, and Pat McAfee proclaimed that They'll be talking about this match decades from now. Mm. This is an all-timer, and it's like it's okay. It's not. A, I don't have anything bad to say about the match, but it's very much not that. We're also 15 minutes into this pay-per-view, getting bombarded with seizure-inducing cut, 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 cut. It's like uh, it, it's one of those things that you don't notice until someone points it out, and then you can't not notice it. Right. It's terrible. Di- diners, drive-ins, and dives is like a late-night show that always just ends up on the TV. If you put oh, that wow. show on, it's like every half a second, it's like bacon sizzling, cheese pouring, sinking their teeth into a burger. 
Bleach the way that they do it. Bang, 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 mm-hmm. bang, bang. And you're just like, what the fuck are you looking at? I love That's how it, I feel watching. I love Triple D's. Don't you know what? compare Triple D's to uh, WWE's. Triple D's this, greater than dude, WWE's. Here's the other thing, too, about that, like the entire thing. They're going to sit there and they're going to tell you that, you know, this is one that will go down for the ages. First of all, there's no fucking stakes. Right. So you're immediately you're just like disinterested in this fucking thing. Uh, number two, we've seen these two. I don't mind. I'll watch two people that are good. Go at it a million times. I do not care. But um, when there's no stakes, it's like, all right, well, they did it again. That's fine. But I need there to be some story going along. And you can't even hatch a story between these two because they don't work on the same TV show. Right. So now you have this finish which was i thought was good one went to cheat and got caught the other one cheated didn't get caught and there was a win so now you have the built-in excuse and that's fine and it all works but guess what you're not going to talk about it on fucking monday because it's time to move on you're not going to see this person again for quite a long time because both of these people are going to hold their hold their belts forever unless they do unless they do another uh belt switch and (laughs) one of them one of them ends up with both of them like they did with the uh, that awkwardness that went on way too long. Mm. But um, yeah, just not just Survivor Series is always a dud. And it's present. Like I said, it's presented as a, one of the big four. And it's just because it's been around so long. It is definitely not one of those. OK, so I, I'm going to go out on a limb. We're going to move on from this. I'm going to say that we're not going to start watching WWE, right? Brandon? Unless people keep spearing wrestlers out of the crowd, then I will definitely tune in. Uh, Chris, real quick before we talk about that. Yeah, uh, unless people start spearing wrestlers out of the crowd, <laughs> then I'll definitely tune in. So I don't know who the fuck Seth uh, Seth <laughs> Seth Rollins must have fucked somebody's wife because that dude nailed the shit out of that fu- of Seth Rollins. Some dude ran into the Adorn Raw, ran up to the ramp, fucking tackled the shit out of Seth Rollins. Then started laying all over him, which was amazing. And Seth Rollins was like, that's all you got, pussy. That's all yeah. you fucking yeah. got, you pussy. Seth Rollins, keep that little dick in your pants, man. We already saw it. You ain't fucking bragging about it. Chris Lutz. Is that legit? No, I have no idea. I'm, no. I'm just The only reason <laughs> I, I can imagine someone getting pissed and running to the ring and attacking somebody is if they fuck their wife. That's the only reason. I can, Listen, as an adult, it's the only reason I would be pissed about anything. That or you, money. You said it with such conviction that I thought maybe it would. I don't remember. I don't. I don't exist in the Twitterverse. This so, is complete uh, speculation. Know, I um. Yeah, I, I, it's fucking hilarious. I mean. Listen, they're always saying people are always saying don't interfere with Russell and don't get in the ring. Well, guess what? I want you to do it. I want that to happen. <laughs> more often. I want to see more of that shit. I want to see it happen to Seth Rollins. And I won't be satisfied until somebody rips Jericho's rug right off his fucking head in the middle. Pull of the that ring. fucking skunk right off his head. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to pretend to sit here and like good guy out explaining all the reasons why you shouldn't do this and how dangerous it is. Uh, that that was fucking hilarious, and I love. I went to high school with, or as neighbors with the kid that ran on the field at the Phillies and got tased. Mm. That famous thing. Oh, you went and, to school with that guy? Yeah, it was my neighbor, and I remember like the <laughs> night that it happened. It the night that it happened. Uh, we were all getting texted like Steve's gonna run on the field. Steve's gonna run on the field. You're like, no, he's not. Not thinking anything of it. 
And then you, watching the Phillies game, you just see them do that thing that they do when someone runs on the field. They're just panning over parts of the stadium in the middle of an at-bat. And you're like, oh, shit, he might have actually done it. And I don't think anything of it. Wake up the next morning to ESPN on my TV. First thing I see when I wake up is this kid, Steve, sprinting with a guy firing a taser into his back. And it was just like one of the funniest memories I have. The only reason I tell that story is to just be like, I love to imagine the group of guys that this person went with where he's so legitimately fucking fired up at Seth Rollins where he's going, I think I got to run out there. And they're like, yo, dude, don't do it. You got to get in trouble. He's like, I got to do it. And you see him hurdle that gate and just come sprinting out there. You could not have more excitement than that. So probably the best part of the world. Yes. May Uh, I add? Go ahead. Do you mind? So um, when we were younger men, not young men, but younger men, we decided it would be a good idea as adults to go to our former high school, high schools. <laughs> you forgot about this. I, I forgot all about it. it. I had another story to tell the guy. Yeah, yeah. Our former high school's uh, Thanksgiving game against the, you know, rival Catholic League high school in Northeast Philly. And uh, a friend of ours, well, two friends of ours, uh, decide, <laughs> decided that they were going to run out on the field during the band presentation at halftime. And my one friend is running in between, like doing figure eights around people and whatnot. And Chris is checking his grabs. Text. Don't worry about no, it. No, I'm silent in my phone, so you don't make fun of me. Uh, so he's running in between people. He grabs the flags from one of the flag girl cheerleaders and starts waving them around his head. And I'm going to fucking tell you something to this day. It's one of the fucking greatest. And this was so a high funny. school game. One of the funniest fucking things I ever saw. And I look him running out was absolutely hilarious, but just slightly less hilarious was how mad <laughs> Everybody, everybody is so mad. We're so mad. You're destroying us. You're destroying the play. We worked so hard on it. And without, hold on, and without uh, mentioning either of their names, one of the people that ran on the field is a person that we knew from growing up that Brandon may actually know as well. He can figure out who that was. Yes, he uh, might have cut his hair. We don't. We don't say. We don't. We don't say his his name. name. Now imagine, but that's happening, but on. Cable TV cable and television. Like, yeah. Like two times I'd be like, you know, if you do this, you're going to get in massive amounts of trouble. If he acknowledged that and still like to do it, I'd be like, yeah, dude, definitely get it. You just make sure you just hit him hard when you get up there. <laughs> <laughs> My um, stepfather, oh. uh, who uh, was a piece of shit, but whatever. He uh, ran. He once drunkenly fell down the stairs at the 700 level at the. Uh, Eagles game, and also during rain delay at a Phillies game, ran the bases. So he's got no, a double. You got that one wrong, actually. I'm going to correct you. Go ahead. I don't know. I just no, 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 no. It wasn't during a rain delay. Downtown Ollie Brown hit a home run, and as he rounded second base, he looked over his shoulder, and that fucking asshole lunatic was following him because a friend of mine in high school knew him they worked together or his uncle knew him and his uncle showed me the back his uncle knew our stepfather our stepfather sorry and he showed me the back of the 
Philadelphia Daily News, and it had his picture on it. <laughs> following downtown Ali Brown. And you got to realize, too, my stepdad back in the day, he had like fuzzy black hair and like a black. I mean, he looked like your typical kind of he construction like working Jack piece Haynes. of shit. He looked, like. looked like Billy Jack Haynes. Yeah, that's what he looked like. <laughs> just, didn't work, just didn't work half as fucking hard. Right. So there you go. That's our running on the. On the so <laughs> I encourage have... this. I encourage this behavior. Everybody I definitely encourage run on it. The, Everybody should run Interfere. into the ring, run on the field, run all over the place, as long as that person doing it isn't me. Yes. I will laugh at it every time. We I might have to have is. a we might have to have a rain delay on this podcast. I'm over here farting on mute, just stinking the place up. I might have to put the the, the tarp over the, my equipment and take a break. I'm do, you have to, do we have to pause? Dump no, pause? Right. All right, good. Yeah, we're I think we're all farting. We're all having a hard time. Speaking Pull of running out. on the field, <laughs> anybody ready to run on the field at the Yokohama uh, Stadium for Wrestle Kingdom? Because they announced night three of Wrestle Kingdom is going to be in Yo- Yokohama Stadium. New Japan Pro Wrestling versus Pro Wrestling Noah. I cannot express what a big deal this is. This is going to be fucking amazing. Chris, thoughts? Chris, have you ever so- seen any of the... Um, tw- I think it was 2015 G1 Climax where, yeah, um, uh, yeah, uh, Marafuji and uh, Nakajima were in it, and how mad yeah. the fans got. Go ahead, Chris. Oh yeah, and then fucking what? Didn't Shibata lose his mind and was running across the ring like a lunatic? It was all yeah, going well, on because because Nakajima stole his move, and that is oh, you know, oh, as soon as he stole his move, the whole crowd started booing him. <laughs> so um, uh, this is Wrestle Kingdom to me. I do not give a shit about Well, let me preface this too. This is how this is how much I'm excited for this. I don't know shit about Pro Wrestling Noah. I don't really know anybody in Pro Wrestling Noah. I know that Kenta was in Pro Wrestling Noah. I think the only Pro Wrestling Noah matches I've watched were old ones involving Kenta when he came over to NXT. They were the only ones I'm familiar with. But let me tell you something. I'm really excited for this. I don't give a shit about night one and night two. All I care about is night three, and I will watch the fuck out of this. Let me explain to the listeners why this is a big deal. First of all, they're going to treat it. They are going to treat this like it's an invading force show where one side feels disrespected, Noah, because all the promos so far kind of been, besides Shingo, kind of been disrespecting Noah, and New Japan's the big dog. So Noah's coming in there. It's all being played up like they're doing Noah a favor. And Noah is some hard-hitting fucking pro wrestling. So, I mean, some of these matches are pretty predictable. Okada's not losing. Okada is not losing. Whatever match he's involved in, he's not losing. So just get that out of your head. So we know that that's going to ha- that that's going to be a win for Okada. But some of these matches are kind of questionable, and we're going to get some tag matches, and I think that's really going to build the heat for the show. We're going to get some early tag matches between some of the lesser dudes, and it's going to rile everybody up. Because unlike here, actually it's polarized here wrestling, where you hate one group and you only follow another one. In Japan, it's people love New Japan Pro Wrestling, and they don't necessarily watch Noah or All Japan or Dragon Gate or these other companies. They only watch New Japan. So when these new guys came in, they're like, oh, you got to kill them. Take them out. Even though they kind of know it's fake. But at the same time, in their mind, they're like, got to destroy the enemy. Got to do it. Invading force can't do it. This is very exciting news. 
and I am going to be really drunk and up until 5 o'clock in the morning watching this shit. Probably crying. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, I'll say I don't know much about Noah like Chris. It's definitely the number one promotion that I had like on the list of things I want to watch. Have, have I found the time? More, few and far between, but I think I'll probably make the effort due to this. And uh, last week we were, you know, kind of talking shit about Billy the Bird is, is night two, making jokes saying uh, we met we met one night at Tokyo Dome, not three. And all of a sudden, it just completely flipped on its head. Now we're like, "Holy shit!" That now we got a massive Saturday night event here. So uh, thrilled! It's uh, going into the unknown for me in the world of pro wrestling, which is few and far between nowadays. Checking something like this out. So, and I said it before on the podcast. I said it in October. You can sign up for Wrestle Universe for free now. It's still free until January, and. All of Pro Wrestling Noah is on there. If you want to go and get caught up, watch their latest pay-per-view, it's free. All you have to do is sign up. The problem is, is you'll have it for a month and you got to pay for January. So you'll have it for two months for the price of one at this point. Well, a month and a half. month and a quarter. Totally worth it. It's 10 bucks. Nine, uh, 999 yen. I saw on the poster, too, it's like Tanahashi is facing off with Muda. I'm wondering yeah. if that's going to be the, the match that we get, which will be nuts. Chris, Kenji Muto is in Noah. You said you didn't know anybody. Kenji Muto. Oh, it's 60, actually Kenji Muto. Since 60-some years old, Kenji Muto. The battle, it'll be the battle of stiff hips between Tanahashi and Kenji yeah, the Muto. Match, the match itself isn't going to be nuts, but my God, the crowd's going to be excited. Oh, they're going to go they're they're gonna fucking shit. They've wrestled so many fucking times, too. Because when, when uh, Tanahashi was young, Kenji Muto was like the established star, and he had he always lost to him. This is this is a big deal, man. Would, a little bit would, of research, just look into it, and you'll get as excited as I am. This is going to be a big fucking deal. Chris, go ahead. Would it be safe to say that Kenji Muto, in his youth and in his even as as the established star, was the same level of babyface that Tana is? Hard to say because Hashimoto was the biggest star in that company for a long time. You yeah, had the big right. three. So you had Hashimoto, you had uh, Masa Chono, right. and then you had Kenji Muto. Okay. And Kenji Muto did this Muda. The Muda thing, the great Muda thing, was something that he created for the United States when he would tour. But then he brought it over to New Japan, and he was using both characters. Where Kenji Muto was like the baby face. Um, the great Muda was the bad guy. And he would sometimes, in a couple of matches, he would switch mid-match. He would go into the back all bloody, and then he would come back dressed up like the great Muda. Like his cousin came. He tagged in his cousin, the Muda. But it's badass. It worked. Yeah, it worked. He was in the NWO. Yeah. Jim, I think we got to get the crock pot out, get the get the meatballs going, lock the bar up maybe, like we did I'm, the I'm, other I'm year. Thinking, hey, time. man, if you want to do it, we can do it. I mean, I, I, I am... I'm willing to do it. I got a house in Port Richmond, too. <laughs> we can do it there. We don't have to do it at the bar. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how my what condition my house is by that time. We might be watching at the bar. Get that crock pot, some fucking pulled pork. Big Woo-hoo. old box of Joe from Dunkin' Donuts. I think we got to do it. I'll work and then come over afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> what time that's does right, it start? I would imagine 3 a.m. Yeah, that's two, perfect. 2.30 two, a.m. is the pre-show, probably. Yeah. It's a pay-per-view, too. 
So what? We'll buy I don't that know. It's all good. I'll pay for that shit. But uh, we'll buy it. Yeah, so you can buy it the night of, listeners. You can buy it the night of. I'm not sure how much it is. They haven't released the price for it yet. But it's easy to find a way to uh, to to find a stream of it. They they have instructions on um, the New Japan um, English account on Twitter. and uh, Or you can wait a week. It's going to be on New Japan World in a week. This is a big fucking deal. I'm if really you're stoked. you're a loser. If you're a fucking dork. Get that data all out. Stay up till 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that or all. All right, so um, exciting stuff. Uh, some bad news. You might be familiar with names like Tom Nakano from Stardom. Uh, uh, Natsupoi. And Himika. They were all members of Actress Girls. Actress, Actress Girls, get it? Actress. They're closing their doors. They created some stars, man. They're just doing acting. It's just going to be act girls, not actress anymore. They're closing down the wrestling operation. It's a sad day, but I think this is uh, the first of many closings that are going to come in the next few months since pandemic. I think uh, Japan was kind of saturating companies. I mean, even WWE shut down their office in Japan, and they had plans to expand. So there we go. Any thoughts? Was this a... Go ahead. Any questions? Go ahead, Brandon. Was this a school a la American Top Team, or was this a, a promotion that's now closing? It was a promotion, or it is a promotion. I mean, it'll be closed by the end of the month. But, um, yeah, it was a promotion that, um, you know, uh, Stardom poached a lot of their talent from Actress Girls. But they're going to stick around. They're going to do um, some of the girls involved in it are going to do uh, stage plays and stuff. I don't know if listeners at home, you may not be know this, but. There's a whole, um, I guess, industry, uh, performance industry of actors and actresses performing stage versions of television shows, movies, anime, shit like that. Like right now, there's a Batman one that has a wrestler named uh, uh, Anno Sari in it. She plays Catwoman. And they tour around the Tokyo area and do live shows. It's part of their okay. whole idol culture. And Actress Girls is one of these companies. They have this whole thing about a, a storyline with a pirate, like space pirates or some shit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, I, I ain't got time for know. that shit. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be interested in that, but that's a shame. Right. It's a that's shame. a shame they're closing. That's who's really paying for this the, this thing with the pandemic. It's the companies that don't have the cash flow to go for a year uh without anything going on and uh, it doesn't get acknowledged like uh, ring of honor just closed last week uh, they don't mention it by name that much on AEWF at all but if you look at most of their big names that's you know where they came up that you, you won't see it next week or next year that these places aren't uh getting the business that they need to exist but definitely long-term effects of the, these closures. Yeah, so companies like Marvelous, and you know, a lot of these are going to be in trouble, these smaller companies. Uh, YMZ, I went to one of their shows when I was in Tokyo. Um, yeah, a lot of these companies are having a hard time. I think actually uh, YMZ was asking for donations to stay open, so I don't know how long this is going to be. Like A company like Marvelous, so they got uh, Chigusa Nagayo is, their, is the big name there, and if you're unfamiliar with who Chigusa is, she's like one of the biggest professional wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling 
particularly in Japan, obviously, but um, I think she bankrolls that company. So a lot of the money, she makes a shit ton of, that woman is still making a shit ton of money. And a lot of the money that uh, goes into that company and creating some of the girls and some of the product is out of her own checkbook, I believe. So they don't really, they have a really small roster. Well, some of those girls have performed in stardom. But uh, some of these smaller companies are just going to, they're going to get eaten up. And that's just the sad truth of all this. Unlike WWE, who actively ate everything just to destroy everybody else. They're trying to support each other, which you're seeing with the Noah thing, with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And in general, it's just, everybody, everybody does well if other people stay open. If people are still talking about professional wrestling. People are just talking about one professional wrestling, you get sick of it real quick. That's okay. why we're going to Lucifuge supports. That's this weekend. Oh, no, it already happened. Lucifuge happened. I was <laughs> so, there. Okay, I wasn't there. It was the, the rising tide raises all ships. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's right. Also, new news that came out today. Uh, Bray Wyatt has his first show booked and announced. It's in uh, Dallas, Texas. I guess during WrestleMania weekend. That doesn't mean he won't show up in AEW at some point. As what was Wyatt number six? Brandon, what was he? Wyatt number six? Wyndham six? Wyndham what six. What is the show? Uh, I believe it's WrestleMania weekend. So that's April. I mean, it's Lucifuge. Like the promotion. It's Lucifuge, uh, Texas. Nah, it's, just like a, it's like a shitty little company. I'll let you do the legwork there. I didn't really. I just popped I it already, up. It's Lucifuge, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts before we move on to AEW? Any points to make of them? They've been made. Okay, let's do it. Um, okay, so we get. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not exhaling because of uh, disappointment in the show or not. I just uh, have a hard time finding things because I got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of tabs up right now, and a lot of pop-ups with my showing up. So first thing up on AEW on Dynamite, um, the Hangman has a celebration. He uh, comes out. And he says he's uh, he didn't deserve it. He fucking earned it. He's in Virginia. It's cowboy shit day in Virginia. Daniel Bryan comes down. Bryan Danielson marches to the ring and fucking destroys everybody. The fans. I loved it. I loved this. I thought it was fucking great. It was a little cheap heat, little WWE cheap heat, but it fucking works. Chris, thoughts? I hate this term, but I'm going to use it. It was a master class in turning heel. One Just day. came out. What didn't take him shit. There was no action. There was nothing. I mean, we've come to come to know this uh, American Dragon character as just kind of being an all-business kind of nasty little fuck, which is what makes him awesome. He's just mean as could be. But this was uh, by the end of this this promo, and then the subsequent match was just was fucking brilliant. I was so happy with this. I like how he uh, immediately turns the crowd on him because they were kind of yes, yes, yes in him, and immediately turns the crowd because, of course, Virginia doesn't know anything about hard work. It's such a cheap thing to do. It's so silly, but man, I fucking the crowd itself was like shocked that they that he that he even said it. You know what I mean? Like it was like a gasp of like, oh shit, he's a heel. Oh no, I'm not supposed to cheer him anymore. I thought it was great. 
Go ahead, Chris. You were going to say. I was going to say, do you think that they were they were expecting some kind of mutual respect, babyface versus babyface, technical wrestling, shake hands before, begrudgingly shake hands after, Ring of Honor type shit? Is that yes, what they, they were, were expecting? That's what they thought. Yeah. They were going to come out. Never works. Meanwhile, Never Danielson, works. you know, a couple of weeks ago was calling fucking Eddie Kingston basically a lazy piece of shit. We saw this coming. It was coming. Brandon, go ahead. Thoughts. Yeah, it's amazing how interesting of a character you can be if you turn heel, if you don't lay it on too thick. Uh, that line about Virginia not appreciating hard work uh, felt like it was improvisational, like a reaction to uh, the reaction he got from the crowd. And he he sneaks in that WrestleMania line the first time anyone's even mentioned that WrestleMania oh my exists God, on a all up, boy. People are like, oh, you can't talk about WrestleMania Don't here. talk about Vince. This is where real wrestling is. Good. What did he say? What does he say? He's crushing skulls or he's he wants to kick everybody's head in. Kick heads in. That's what he wants to do. Well, I believe what I would really like. I mean, I was already all for it. But then what really showed and like I said earlier on, you know, this this uh, heel behaving and speaking like an actual shithead would talk, you know. Uh, he hits, uh, Uno and I think he may have need Uno. And then he yells, I just caved his fucking head in at the crowd. Yep. I mean, come on, dude. When he did that, I was just like, it was, I was already, I was already hooked, but that was, I was, I was coming out of the water on the hip on the fishing line at that point. (laughs) Chris is, uh, he's the best acting like a fish. Um, yeah, dude's fucking amazing. And now he's going to work his way through the entire Dark Order to get to him. That's a way to build a heat, build heat and build a fucking match. And then by the next pay-per-view, we'll, we'll get it. I could watch him week in, week out, beat the shit out of everybody in the crowd or everybody in their crowd, their crew. What am I talking about? That'd be fun. Their order. Their order. Disorder. I love it. He already beat up, uh, number 10 and. We got to get him to beat the shit out of negative one. Yeah, kick the kid's no, fucking head. No, not get the that kid. wife. Yeah. Kick the wife's fucking head in. R.I.P. Double your DDT. Husband. Nobody. Oh, that's the move. R.I.P. Your yes. husband. Knees are in a face. Dig up. Dig up the husband. Ooh. And then put your knee through his, his desiccated skull. Oh, I like that. Whew. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> you think so? Ahead, you think Virginia is the worst state in America? I think no, West is. Virginia is. West Virginia is. Oh, God. West Virginia sucks. Sorry, if listeners from West Virginia. <laughs> I don't know. Those middle of the fucking country ones, like Iowa, they got to stink, too. Yeah, but West Virginia at least has the gorgeous landscape of, of Appalachia. Virginia just has shitty cops. Not beaches. They do. Not beaches. gorgeous. I mean, Virginia. This for lovers. Yeah, but that's I, what I was thinking of it. I was looking at his shirt and I was like, dude, Virginia's for lovers. Where's this come from? That's a slogan for a state that has no personality, no, no, no pro love. sports or yeah. even real college sports. Horrible cops, no landscape. It's the birthplace of the Confederacy, dude. I hate <laughs> it. It's where you go when you want that dick. Blue Chew. Yeah, let's move on. 
Um, it's a Blue Chew ad. That was all Blue just the Blue Chew ad. It was all an ad for Blue Chew. Sponsored by Blue Chew. It doesn't Sponsored work. Alone, but it'll give you a headache if you're trying to get out of having sex. All right, next up. <laughs> Biggest fan of the Pixies. Tomohiro Ishii comes out with Orange Cassidy versus the Butcher <laughs> and the Blade. Uh, okay, Chris, got thoughts? So, you know, I, I don't... I was happy to see Tomohiro Ishii on American television. Whatever way you give it to me, I don't give a shit. I was happy to see it. I was. We got exactly what you're going to get from Tomohiro Ishii. Um, I do not understand them not giving him his entrance and not playing his fucking music. That was kind of strange to well, me. Could be, some, Let me explain. It could be Japanese copyrights. Could be. Could be. You're right. Could be. Go ahead. So, I mean, that was just an odd thing. Maybe that was it. But as far as the match goes, you know, like I said, it, we're not we don't have a storyline for this dude. We he's probably not going to be, you know, there for an extended period of time. Just get him on TV. Yes. I was happy with it. It was cool to see him. That's and the they best. put him over like a motherfucker. Yeah, that was the best thing about this Jim was Ross seeing was him on TV was great. Yeah. And uh, you notice like early on in this match, like he starts to. Funny thing about seeing Japanese wrestlers on American TV is they start to work the American style. He was taking a lot more impact than he usually does in New Japan. You know what I mean? Like he's getting fake punched in the face and he's like, Oh god, my head hurts. Like he's just selling it, which you wouldn't normally do. You know, you get pissed off and start screaming at the guy. It was just interesting to see a little change of pace for uh, Ishii. Uh I got a point to make after this, but go ahead, Brandon. Thoughts? I thought this was perfect. I, you know, outside of the entrance song, which I'm not a huge entrance guy. If you ask me, Ishii's song, I, I probably wouldn't remember off the top of my head. But uh, if you've been listening to this, you know Stone Pipple is my boy. Like, get the biggest kick out of him. And in New Japan, they like don't really address it. But dude, he's five foot six and ridiculous. So putting him with Orange Cassidy, who's also ridiculous, I thought worked really well. Like we talk about how goofy pro wrestling is, and you're like, if I'm watching this with someone that doesn't know what they're looking at, and you're like, yeah, there's a five six guy that gets hit in the head again and again and doesn't get phased at all, and a guy that slow motion shin kicks, and they're the two guys that hit harder than anybody, and we're like, yep, that's yep, that's what you're looking at. You read it right. It's like so it's very silly. Uh, Ishii looked like he was going to explode trying to do a couple suplexes. He's got that weight belt on. I, I, I thought he had a hard time getting uh, the butcher over, but the butch. I, I saw some. I saw something online that 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 dude's like a touring guitarist in some band. He said he Chris, flew who's home the band, off his Chris? tour. It's uh, every time. Every I time die. I die. Every time I die. Yeah. He said he he left the tour for a day just because he wanted to get that match in against Ishii and then jump back on. So, I mean, I just thought that was fun. I mean, it's just silly. Nailed it's, it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I did enjoy um, the contrast. I liked that uh, Ishii tags in Orange Cassidy, tells him to pin him, and Orange Cassidy goes, okay, does the run into the walk into the ropes and then does that lazy splash. And he gets like, it's like he gets a count of one, and he gets kicked out, and he looks over at Ishii, and he says, you can see him mouth. He's like, I almost got Close. two. I almost got two. It was pretty good. Yeah, he it was fired it through the air. Yeah. Now, the point I want to make is that 
for AEW fans and people that are watching from a that want to see New Japan wrestlers in AEW, I have a feeling you're never getting anything above the Ishii level. None of the top guys are going to come over here and be in six man matches, four man matches, like tag matches with the like. You're going to get guys that are just below the top. I like. I don't know. I I just don't. I don't see their bigger names fitting in with this company. So if you're holding your breath, hoping to get Okada versus Omega on your fucking TV show, you're never getting I don't think you're getting it. I don't think New Japan's sending over their biggest marketable dude to go work Dynamite. I just, I just don't see it. I don't. He's going to work the tour in, you know, Sapporo or whatever and work that match, but I don't see him coming to Dynamite. I just, I just don't. Thoughts, Brandon? What about an uh, Ibushi Omega tag? I don't see that either. I think Ibushi's one of their big faces. I think you might see Omega over there. I don't see Ibushi coming over here and working some random match on fucking Dynamite. Yeah, I I, I could see a storyline that makes sense for both, where like as Omega comes back to the good side here that Kota Ibushi fits in and they have a fucking insane tag match. Get people over there. Ibushi wins and it's, it's not that big of a deal, but yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to see like Okada lose a, a TNT title match or something. I don't know what you would do with those guys. They they can't win a belt. They're not going to, AEW is not going to let one of these guys take a belt over to Japan. Cause everything's leveraged off cable networks here. Right. So. And also it's, you know, Okada having to sell for somebody in the dark order or something like that. It just doesn't no. It's I don't see it. So don't well, if they did anymore. it, it would have to be huge. Like if they did it would have to be massive. Okada, it would have to be it wouldn't be a ta- like it would be a, a singles main event on a yeah. on a big And at this point I think that Tana is that like level of like New Japan trainer dude level at this point where he's on the back end of his career, I think Tanahashi is like the cutoff. He's a huge star, huge fucking name for New Japan, but at this point in his career, he's starting on the waning area, like like Liger on the later end of his career, where he would just start popping around. You don't need your best guys to go over there and, and, and push your product. I think you're better off sending guys like Tanahashi who, listen, he's one of my favorite fucking wrestlers of all time. Easily. I love watching him. I still will burst into tears if he wins the title. But I, he's at the back end of his career. He's the guy that comes over here. He's the biggest name you're going to get. You're never getting Naito. I don't think you're getting Okada. I don't think you're getting Ibushi. You might get Will. Although I don't know how big Will is in Japan right now. Because he, he did an interview recently where he said, uh, the only people that are breaking open the... Forbidden Door people over 50. Trying to be sarcastic, but it just made him sound like shit. Made him sound like, well, he's not worthy of it. <laughs> the way he right. phrased it. I'm not saying I disagree with you, but counter argument you can. is... You can. Well, I don't know. I don't I don't have a real stance. But the, the other side of this would be that money talks. Hmm. And I know, I know that the wrestlers, the executive vice producer wrestlers at that show want to do that. Right. I don't know. I think New Japan's a little bit more staunch when it comes to just sharing their dudes. Chris, thoughts on this at all? 
So I, I agree with Jim 100 uh, percent. First of all, let me just say real quick. Uh, the guy's name's and Andy Williams is the butcher or the blade from every time I die. I was just curious. I looked it's up the his name. most exactly. wonderful it's the same time of the year. He sang that the every dude. time I die. That song. Yeah, they, they sing that, dude. They sing that song. Um, no, I agree with you 100 percent. One of the big things that um, was always it's always been as far as I, I I've always heard. It's always been a thing to uh, for the Japanese promotions that they are. Uh, it's very difficult for them to get their talent to lose to talent from another from another promotion. So they're not going to send guys to the U S if they send them to the U S they have to win. It's different. If it's guys like Ishii guys, like I mean, Minoru Suzuki's a legend, but he's also up there, but he's also kind of always been the guy that he's like almost, he's a journeyman for lack of a better way to, better way to put it. Right. He always has kind of floated around between promotions. Like he'd be in new Japan. Then he would go over to Noah. Then he would come over here. Then he would wrestle in England. Then he would wrestle in a, fucking shed in north jersey against josh barnett also, and then he, also you know what i just, mean if i could just make a point um for in new japan he's not big he's not a big title guy he hasn't had many titles no never i think back in the day he might have had the iwgp once but besides that he's he hasn't held many titles he's more of like a chaos like not chaos the faction but chaotic fact like a chaotic entity that just monkey causes monkey. problems go ahead yeah, he's a monkey wrench is what he is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I agree with you there. I think that that's the guys we're going to get. I could see a Tana coming over, and that's huge. He's a huge star. Um, but as far as getting, like you said, uh, any of the big, big like the big young now, big young names in New Japan, they're not sending them over here. And it's also guys that, uh, you know, I mean, look. You go, you're in Japan. You, you're a Japanese wrestling fan. You live in Japan. You know, you, you're going to go see New Japan while they're on tour in your local arena, whatever that is. Are you really worried because you didn't get Ishii? No. Like, I mean, I can almost, I can almost guarantee the next person we're getting, Hiroki Goto. He's on his way. Yeah. Guys like that. You know what I mean? That, that's cool to see them on American television. It's cool to have, it opens things up for people and it, it's almost like, listen, you send us these guys and, and what you get in, and they, they might lose, they might win, but what you get in return is Americans signing up for New Japan. Right. And that's all it is. Cause yeah. Jim Ross puts these fucking guys over like you wouldn't believe. I mean, he just is constantly, he does a great job of telling you how awesome these guys are. It's, it's interesting just like to, kind of fantasy book like who would come over who would do what i still think your highest probability of a match a big match for aw with a guy from new japan is tanahashi in a rematch against jericho do we want to see that probably not will tanahashi make it amazing probably he's going to sell like crazy and it's also a situation where jericho isn't going to win so you know, like, if, if you're going to get Tanahashi versus Omega, Omega's winning. Tanahashi doesn't necessarily have to win, but you damn right well know that New Japan's going to want him to win. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's a weird politics thing with Japanese wrestling. There's guys, there's guys have to look good. Unless they send over the guys that aren't supposed to look good or don't need to look good. Especially dudes over 50. I don't know. It's very interesting. Brandon, any final thoughts on this before we move on? 
I think outside of doing like an Okado Omega match, everything's in play. Naito? I don't think Naito's coming over. That'd be amazing. Five years ago. Yeah. Oh. Naito. I, I mean, I AEW is going to lean in here in the in this fantasy world. I'm projecting where Brian Danielson's going to be in the G1. Like this, this isn't just like a one way street. I think there's going to be some agreement here where big names are moving back and forth. Right. Why not? And, uh, Brian Danielson and. I think there's more of a desire for guys to go to Japan that, that work for AEW than there is for a desire for New Japan to... I think the people that were going to get New Japan World already have New Japan World. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what... How many more new heads they can get. Tanahashi being over here is going to get more people. The only reason I don't agree with you is because, like... Historically, American wrestling has been WWE... And now there's this new world where actually the type of wrestling fans that might know who Tomohiro Ishii is are out viewing or competing with WWE. So there's a renewed incentive for New Japan to try to gain an American audience that wouldn't have existed from, I don't know, TNA or or one of these other shows. So also remember, they have their own product too. New Japan, they have they have New Japan strong. Nobody watches it, but they do have their own fucking product. Will it become a touring brand? I don't know. I would imagine eventually will, especially on the West Coast. Yeah, I, th- I just think the the cl- what AEW has done, if anything, has proven that there's a large audience of hmm. intense adult wrestling fans that do care about that type of shit that historically people would have chalked off as like uh, niche or indie yeah. wrestling fans. Right, right. And in that, I I, I think that. You could argue New Japan could get more viewers than they they could have. But. Right. Well, it's interesting. We'll see how how it turns out. Of course, we uh, are just talking about Dynamite and Tomohiro Ishii. We haven't even gotten anywhere close to. to that. We'll see next year. All right. Um, TBS tournament uh, championship tournament uh, match of the night, in my opinion. Karshida <laughs> versus Nyla Rose. Brandon, thoughts. I thought you were going to go to go to Jade Cargill Hill. Uh, yeah, this was this was great. Uh, we get the, the stretch muffler working the knee. I think we saw where this was going, but very fun between the two. I don't I don't have a ton of thoughts. Makes sense. Uh, probably two of their best. So I also um I liked how they they kind of had me on the fact that I thought maybe Shido was going to come from behind here even though we you know they've been selling that knee the whole time but then when she actually did lose and tap it was like okay she's had enough i believed all this i thought it was good chris thoughts yeah i think we knew where it was going excellent i enjoyed it not much more to say about it let's move on no we're not we, we haven't talked about uh we're not we're not up to rampage yet should we just talk about that match while we're at it yeah why not yeah oh sure Okay, um, you guys might disagree with me here. There's not much to talk about on Rampage, so we might as well talk about this. Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. I was slightly surprised that this was as good as it was. That doesn't mean it was good. It was just better than how bad it was going to be. Chris, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so first of all, uh, Jade Cargill, her, my 
athlete. My my summarization of her athletic skills was being distorted by her uh, inexperience in the ring. So after that match, I'm going to watch. I'm going to recant what I said about her not being an athlete. She definitely is one. That pump kick was like a fucking <laughs> almost took the girl's head off. But still, I mean, like, you know, she's she's still clunky as hell, but that's due to inexperience and not due to not being a actual athlete. Um, that being said, a little messy. Yeah. Well. Um, I almost I was watching this in bed and I almost fell out of bed when when velvet, red velvet, red velvet, velvet, red sky, velvet, cakes. red velvet, red velvet got caught up in the ropes oh when she was trying to do a tope. Oh, my God. And. You know, and like I said, it's it's like everything she does from walking to the ring to working in the ring to walking out of the ring to jumping through the ropes to doing dance videos on TikTok, everything looks bad. It everything looks she so moves rushed. in this weird, weird <laughs> like like. Like, I really want her to right. be good, man. I really so want her to I. be good. I, I, I don't know how to – it's almost like, you know, like – I don't know how to explain this. It looks like, you know, like if, if everything was in the world was, wasn't was symmetrical and ever the angles were all wrong on everything, you Euclidean would be really geometry. confused. Yeah, you'd be really confused. You'd be like, oh. Uh, that's what I, that's what I, uh, that's what I get when I see her. There's just something that's just wrong about everything she does. Plus her head's giant. <laughs> her head's giant. Her body's way too skinny to hold it up. I, I don't know what's going on. There's this really Brandon. long head and then this stick Brandon. body Brandon. that carries it down to the ring. This is beautiful. Red velvet cakes. Go ahead, I, don't, Brandon. I don't know if this was a, like, thing when you guys were growing up when i was growing up it was like right when the add thing was starting to get diagnosed and they were giving kids ritalin and it was like red red dye 40 was a big thing like you couldn't <laughs> yes. i had a couple couple kids in a couple kids in the neighborhood that you couldn't give red dye 40 to or they'd start to try to climb up the siding on your house that's how she, what she reminds me of it's just like a like a spaz kid spaz. <laughs> spazzing out that's what she is yeah, she, she's respawning all over the place man and then you could feel that, like, obviously the energy escalates when you got red, red dye 40 velvets coming in there and flying all over the place. And Jade Cargill is just, like, firing her across the ring, like, not sure she's going to land on her head or not. I mean, this was fun. I, I enjoyed it. It, it. You know, it wasn't, like, horrifically bad where I uh, I thought at any point someone was going to get hurt, but a little sloppy. I, I still continue with my thesis that Jade Cargill's winning this whole thing. I um, it was, it wasn't good, but it was fast and gnarly and a car crash, and it was way better than the other match they had with each other. I, I it was fine. <laughs> At least we don't have to watch them wrestle for a while. <laughs> well, here's the only question though. Like, I don't know. I gotta look to see who's left in this. But if they, if I still. If you have Jade Cargill, Nyla Rose is a little bit different, but if you have Jade Cargill win this title, how the fuck do you get it off her? 
Yeah, we've talked about this multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that's my – no, nah, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't, I we'll shouldn't talk about it up. once we get to – if she does win it, we'll bring it back up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So we got – um, what do we get? We get uh, – oh, this Wednesday we're going to get Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter. The winner of that faces Jade Cargill. I do. I I did actually want an answer to that question. Were there Red Die Forty kids when you were growing up? Yeah. Eighty yeah. kids. Or yeah, or yeah, yeah. The, Oh, that was, was the actual diagnosis? question. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. Like, right? No, I mean like uh, not on Red Die Forty. Like, I feel like ADD wasn't a thing when you guys were growing up. Like, what was the? What did you think was? You're hyperactive. Kids were hyperactive. Just hyperactive. They called it hyperactive. It's too they much. They called them hyperactive kids. Hyperactive kids. <laughs> Go out too and play. Sugar. Go out and play. Burn off all that and then just fall asleep in a pile of dirt because you ran too much. <laughs> okay. That was Chris. Chris. I used to have to drag him home. True story. That never happened not once, not one time ever. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, Thunder Rosa, Jamie Hayter on Wednesday versus uh, the winner faces Jade Cargill. Um, what did we say? What was our prediction? Thunder Rosa, right? Yeah. I think, I think if we're going to – yeah. I think if we're going to have Jamie Hayter, like, this is where it gets a little questionable. So if we're going to have Jade Cargill make it to the final, and they've got Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter, interference by the crew on Thunder Rosa, moves Thunder Rosa away from the TBS title, more focused on Britt Baker. Jamie Hayter through, then Jade Cargill can squat. Well, Jade Cargill wouldn't be a squash against Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter's a better worker than everybody that Jade Cargill's wrestled. We might actually get a pretty decent match if we get Jade Cargill versus uh, Jamie Hayter. We do get heel versus heel, though. I guess Jade Cargill's a heel. I don't know. Questions out there? Thoughts? Yeah, this is a true. This is a true toss-up. Yeah, when you pose it that way, I'm. Uh, it's deeper than I initially perceived it to be. Uh, I don't know how you go out of. Thunder Rosa losing to Jamie Hayter that she deserves to fight Britt Baker now, but Britt I Baker could see fears. that. Yeah, yeah, I get, yeah, yeah, you could do that. Deser- this, this, deserves this be- ain't got nothing to do with it. Win loss record. Yeah. That's all we care about in AEW. Billy Billy Guns forty three and six. God, that's all I got. I think the Gun Club was very undefeated. I'm not talking about anything else on Thunder. Thunder. What's it called? Thunder. thunder. Ra- Rampage. <laughs> Sorry, Rampage. WCW Thunder. The lightning. On, thunder. On Rampage. <laughs> Hold on, let me check. Let me make sure that there's nothing else worth talking about on Rampage. Because that show fucking sucked, except for that match. Holy shit. Yo, whatever website. Oh, no, okay. I thought they gave it a name. CM Punk's wrestling a turkey on Thanksgiving. Yeah. The day after Thanksgiving. We're getting, we'll, get, we'll get to that by the end. All right. Uh... Trying to see if there's anything worth talking about. If you got anything you want to talk about. No, nothing. I didn't I, give a I, shit about that the fucking TNT championship match. Apparently they suffered their biggest ratings drop in the history of Dynamite when this match came on. <laughs> really? Yes. Brandon Thurston on uh, Twitter. He does WrestleNomics. He comes out with all legit numbers. Biggest drop they've ever had. As soon as people saw Jay Lethal, they ran away. Brandon, good thoughts. That doesn't. Finally, I've aligned with the AEW viewership because I I bailed on this almost instantly as well. It's not just Jay Lethal; Same. it's both of them. They're I just both don't care. Yeah. Shitty, shitty guys that aren't interesting. Chris, thoughts? Yeah. I, Did I you watch? watch? 
it was on. It was on. I don't know. I could have been staring at a curtain. <laughs> I have no idea. The funny thing about no, this is like you see Sammy, channel, but... you see Sammy Guevara versus uh, Jay Lethal, and nothing about this says AW main event on Dynamite. It says indie show in North Jersey to me, and it still does. I don't care if Sammy Guevara is on national television. Just North stink. Jersey. North Jersey, South Jersey. What about South Jersey, East North Jersey? Delaware. You gotta go over here. You gotta go say it over Worst state in the Union, Jersey. according to Brandon. You go to Virginia. Go to Virginia, the worst state ever. Brandon. I, I'm changing that to my default take of all the matches that we. I don't. It was on. It was, it was on. It was on. <laughs> well, that's so. Here's the thing. There's nothing on television. So I turn on AEW. There's lots on then, television. You're just watching the wrong I, shit. I look away. We started watching the show. Okay, okay. Hold on. Uh, any final thoughts on AEW? <laughs> Dynamite Rampage. No. Brandon? I, d- I do, do want to talk about the uh, CM Punk MJF thing, but please feel free to go into this first. Oh, yes. Okay, no, no. Let's do that first, and then we'll talk about Chris's TV show. Yeah, the uh, he comes out arrogantly, puts his hand out. Jacob. And Sam Punk just laughs in his face and walks away. It's fucking perfect. I thought it was great. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, I as short as this was, it was like the first thing that CM Punk has done that made a lot of sense to me. And he, he backed himself into a corner a little bit for one reason or another. And then I was like, oh, he's, you know, he got booed during his match. Everybody wanted Eddie Kingston to win. He looked like a shithead. He gave him that snarky handshake that Eddie Kingston turned down afterwards mjf can like you i can see a world where mjf is like a immature version of cm punk and punk knows how to handle someone like that that's the feeling that you got from this and what smarter thing for someone that's a veteran to do than to pick the guy on the roster that will immediately get you back to babyface status as the cult of personality he goes out after MJF just lit the place up talking like stupid shit on Virginia, his classic, like, you idiots don't know this, that, and the other thing. He comes out, and what better thing to do to someone that demands attention like this than to just give them a little bit of attention and then give them enough rope to hang themselves, like yep. uh, Chris and you have said. I was like, dude, genius. I thought it was great. Go ahead, Brandon. All right, sorry, Chris. Yeah, I think you covered it, man. I mean, there's not really much more. There's not more to say. Brilliant. Loved it. Yeah, I think this will be fun. Um, and, of course, the follow-up to this, which you had alluded to, <laughs> Fuck, is I that this God. week this week on Dynamite, tomorrow, we get CM Punk versus QT Marshallix Jones. Q Anon T Marshallix Jones. Brandon, go ahead. You had alluded. You can go. I was like, what the? So I always watch Rampage first for whatever reason, because I don't watch these things live. And it makes it more fun because I don't know what's coming. And I was like, what the fuck is happening on this show? It's Billy Gunn against Darby Allen and then CM Punk's fighting QT Marshall. So beyond that, I'm imagining that this is just going to be. CM Punk uh, has to work Thanksgiving weekend. He just wants to dance around and like get all his shit in in Chicago, uh, make as entertaining as possible. But I was like, oh, he's back. We haven't seen QT in a while. Very weird spot for him. So, 
I um I watch Dark and Elevation. I scan through it. He's on the show every week. I don't really watch it. I just watch the people I want to watch, which is basically the women. QT, Marshall, and his crew. Designated dynamite, or no, designated uh, dark elevation <laughs> characters at this point. They brought him <laughs> up just for this so he can job out the fucking CM Punk. I love it. Chris, thoughts? Are you excited for this? No. Um. So they, <laughs> they showed him, like, like, the face that he makes. QAnon T. Marshall Alex I, Jones? I, yeah, smug I, forgot, face. I forgot he even existed. I was like, oh, no, this dude. He, this is the guy that, the guy that is supposed to be the ultimate baby face and over as fuck everybody hates, loves. Like, you know, this is the guy that came in because of Cody. Like, this is Cody's guy. Like, we he works about in why. Cody's school. It's just so fuck. Like, how do they accept, like, you He's know, when, tapes, when the man. guy, the guy that loves you, nobody likes the guy that loves you, maybe it's time for you to take a complete <laughs> step back. <laughs> fighting on top of the bus. No, uh, I got nothing. QAnon T. I got so what, what are they fighting? Are they on, they're on Dynamite? Dynamite. I'll go through the rest. So what we know so far. We're getting... Hold uh, on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. You got more points? Sorry. I, I do have one point. Go ahead. I believe that QT Marshall has a Cody Rhodes sex tape. Yeah, we talked about this before, but we can reiterate it if you like. But, yeah, but this is a new level. The fact that he's now leveraged this sex tape to the point where he's fighting CM Punk in Chicago... What was Cody Rhodes doing in this sex tape? Is he getting his butt fingered or something here? Because he's really working More than this that. guy over. Butt fingered's not a big deal. It's <laughs> whatever, whatever you're into. Yeah, well, I'm saying just... it's some um, pig dog porn. Dude, something happened. <laughs> or it's him. Um, oh God, no, I don't want to. Oh, God, I don't want to even <laughs> now. Go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to say, it's 2021, man. I mean, you saw you got a finger stuck up your butt. It gives a shit. Who cares? Don't fuck a dog. He's fucking dog. Yeah, oh, I, he's fucking I, dog. I, Maybe he's fucking Rory Gulak's dog. Oh, God. Could Dustin, was Dustin Rhodes involved? Dustin Rhodes yeah, Dustin's fucking still, a dog. Dustin's, Dustin's still in, in good standing. Yeah, be, yeah, because of also don't we, we should don't, listen. It's if it is a sex tape, it's got to be something fucked up. Because if we know anything over the last what ten, fifteen years, that sex sex tapes actually catapult your career. Yeah, this this would you know uh, this, this is was, a death sentence. Whatever he's got. <laughs> right, let's move on. Uh, so Sorry. we're getting on dynamite. No, it's all good. Um, Brian Danielson versus. Chicago Zone. He's going to kick his head in. Colt, boom, boom, cabana. Chris, thoughts? Colt cabana, death. He dies, literally? Well, you know, he's going to go out there and be happy-go-lucky Colt cabana and get fucking murdered. (laughs) Who's next on the chain, do you think? The wife. Whose wife? The corpse. Who? Oh, John, the corpse. John Huber's no, we're not, we're not there corpse. Yet. You got to work okay. your, you got to work up the steps. Oh, okay. Brandon, um, who do you think is coming up next? Let Chris think about it. I'm trying to remember who's even left. 
Alex Reynolds, I guess, is we're going to see get his head kicked in if he's got any nuts. Wait, who's the um, guy that dressed up like uh, Kratos? So there's, is that Alan Angels? No, it's the other bald guy. That's. <laughs> they all look the same. There's, they all. There's do. some they guys on the Dark Order roster that don't even have Wikipedia. There's someone named Preston Vance. Oh, Preston Vance is number ten. He's Tenman. So it's or, Stu Gray. Stu Grayson. I don't. Stu Grayson. That's him. That's uh. That Kratos wasn't Kratos dude. though. Kratos was bigger. No, that's the Kratos dude. Stu Grayson, right? Kratom Daddy. <laughs> I don't know. Crocodile. Tom. Crocodile. I hope. I hope uh John Huber's bludgeon bludgeon brother joins the Dark Order and he gets his head kicked in. That sucks. could be something. I want to see his head get his head kicked in. All right, Chris, who do you think it is that's next? Is it Kratos? Uh, what about this guy? What guy's that, Chris? It's an audio medium. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it is Steve Grayson. Sorry. Right. It's an audio medium. It's uh, Dick Grayson. I'm going to go with Dick Grayson. No, no it's, Dick Grayson. Um, it's uh, John Silver. He's got to be up in there, uh, too, I right? Would say, I would imagine it's uh, John Silver's probably higher up. John Silver's going to be the one that really the fans are really behind. They love him. Oh, uh, so he, so he is so, the budgeman. So what do you think? You think that this is how I think this is going to go down? That that uh, Brian Danielson is just going to get more and more dastardly as this as this progresses. Like one of these guys, he's going to beat half to death. Yeah, it's going and to be Hangman's. It's, it's going to be Silver. Yeah. Silver, he's almost going to kill. Hangman's going to come out and he's going to run away. Yes. That's what you got to do, right? He's, gotta, he's just going to have to keep it. ducking Hangman until he gets so into his head that Hangman's title reign is um, over. over. All right, next. Um, you ready for this one? No. Dynamite. Cody Rhodes, Pack, and the Lucha Bros versus Andrade El Idolo, Malachi Black, and FDR. There's so many dudes in this match that I really like, and then there's one dude that I don't care about. And he just puts a big, big giant pile of poop in the middle of the ring. Brandon, good. It's also the the rematch, too. I've seen a lot of these guys go again and again. I, you, it would be over $500 you would have to pay me to ask me to watch this match and like give a detailed analysis on it, let alone a podcast with not that many listeners. <laughs> Should we open a Patreon? It was on. Yeah. It was on. This is the definition of it was on. <laughs> Chris thoughts. It'll be on, and I'll look at my curtains. No. I watch all no, I, I watch all the Cody matches because I want to watch him fail. It's so much fun. Why does he still get like, yeah, gets all like baby face powered up? No one's cheering for this man. Where is he getting his energy from? The negative energy? I, the I, darkness? I, said, I yeah. said it last week. He's never been over. Ever. Except when he was Stardust. No, the, he uh, when he wore the Phantom of the Opera mask, he was pretty over. Yeah, but that was awesome. But we don't. I didn't watch it when it happened. Right. I don't know how over he was. And he used to come down like covering the side of his face. Yeah. But I don't know how people really, if people cared. Like, he... Uh, 
he he tells a story about how like you know he had when he had the mustache when he was handsome Cody Rhodes. He had a mustache, and he tells the story how Arn Anderson pulled him aside and said, "Nobody's ever going. You're never going to be over with that mustache. Shave it off." And he had this like, well, "I guess he was wrong." Attitude. It's like, no, you're still not fucking over. Rick like Rude people was over. actively. What's that? Yeah, no, Rick no. Rude he was over. talking to to Cody Rhodes. Like you are oh. never going to get over with that mustache. But you know, actively, like it's just he fucking dude is just like. So blah. Like, he's not even a mid-carder. He's a first or second match dude. He's dark. He's he's dark match guy right now. He's the, he should be he's in there the with kid. QAnon, T-Morrow, Shalix Jones. Go ahead, Brian. He's the kid that uh, you don't like, but he has the new video game system. So he come over to his house. That's his relationship with AEW. I think that they used him to get, <laughs> to he's get got in Vetrix. there. And then, yeah, he, yeah, he's got... Uh, the Vetrix. He's, he's got the Vetrix, dude. Plug I'll let, it in I'll let, I'll let the listeners at home look up what Vetrex was, and it was the system to have in 1979. <laughs> Nobody had it. There was like uh, one kid. Yes, he did. P.S. stood for purely sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. We're not going to say his name. He might show up. Go ahead, Brandon. Pierce. He dangled that Vetrix in front of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and, and they came a calling. And uh, this, now he, they've convinced him that he needs to take a lot of pride into owning the middle of the show. So that's what he's done here. He's he's got Malachi Black. He's like, hey, I need Malachi Black. That's going to make the show better. I need El Idolo. I need Pac. And then yeah, he, he's got them all, and and I'm still slapping that fast forward thirty seconds button again and again as soon as I see him coming on. Who eats the pin in this match? Idolo again? Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, all right, next up. Um, we do get a good match. We're getting the TBS uh, title tournament, the quarterfinals. We're getting the Thunder Rosa and Jamie Hayter. This should be the main event, I think. I'm hoping. It's probably going to be... Oh, it can't be... I'm looking at this. what's here. No, it has to be the main event. Thunder Rosa and Jamie Hayter. This should be fucking good. We finally get to see Jamie Hayter actually wrestle someone that can work. I'm stoked on this. Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, this is probably the match to this point in this tournament that I'm looking the most forward to uh, as of 10 minutes ago when I realized that it's the first one where I'm like, I actually don't know what's going to happen, and they're both talented. Sheeta, Nyla Rose was great. Not saying that it wasn't, but they've been milking that story here with their knees, so... Chris Lutz. Yeah, I'm down. This actually holds some excitement for me. Mm-hmm. I shall watch. Yes. I'll make my mother-in-law watch it. If I get to the mountains in time. Oh, it's Wednesday? Yeah. When are you going to the mountains? I'm leaving tomorrow after work. Oh, what time's that? 7.30. Oh, oh you're not going to make it. <laughs> I'll make, make it. it. You won't make it for Dynamite. Nah, I won't. Probably not. I'm thinking of when I went up to uh, Mahoning. And we left during rush hour. It's a week. So <laughs> three, so three two and a half that. hours to get up there. It's I a have a nightmare. So I, I'll tell you what. I have a I have a thing that I refuse to traverse Philadelphia to get to the Turnpike and to get to the North States Extension. I will not do it. I will either drive to 476. I'll go south on 95 and take that all the way up. Yeah. 
or I will drive all I will drive up to the pen, uh, to the uh, drive up and take cross over at the Taconi and go up, wiggle my way up that way and get on 95, uh, get on the turnpike in Ben Salem. I refuse to yeah, go you, over. You have that option. Yes. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Since I've, since I've, since I've a, uh, a I've acquired that option, yeah. I refuse to drive through. I went to, um, to, uh, where do we go? Uh, promised land. I yeah, told you about for it. camping. Yeah. Coyotes want to eat us. And, um, you know, I added another half hour to my trip by driving up to the Delaware Water Gap because I didn't feel like driving through the city, you know, the 676 and 76. I won't do it. I so hopefully up, uh, it won't be too bad. Yeah, we ended up, uh, when we went up to Mahoning, you know, Lehigh Valley, I picked my wife up from work. I mean, it was a Friday, so I picked her up at 5 o'clock. It took us an hour to get outside the city limits. Mm-hmm. Mind you... Picked her up at what tenth and tenth and Chestnut in Philadelphia. The highway wasn't that bad, but it just was, you know, like getting to the highway was a fucking nightmare. Chaos. Yeah, it was just. I become a complete piece of trash when I have to leave the city. I exit lane all the way to the end, just wet, like as close as I think I can wedge my way in. That's what I do. I just I can't stand. <laughs> You're that dude. I was I'm a big fan of the zipper. Nobody that. zippers. I'm a zipper man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, I cruise. I cruise that at like uh, on ramp until the very last second, and I just slide into traffic. I don't. These dickheads that jump in the middle of traffic, like they're in. The, they're in the fucking on ramp, and they just jump onto the highway. They fuck everything up from everybody behind them. I just do a smooth cruise. As long as there's enough room between the two cars, I slide right in there. Everybody will adjust. Fine. You've got to be good at it. I'm a, I, I like to think of myself as a zipper guy, but as of late, if it doesn't work out, I, I've gotten less and less shame about just wedging my way. <laughs> I, this is how I drive. I get behind a wheel. Somebody's in my way. Speed up. Cut them. Oh, fuck this. I got to fucking drive. What are you doing? Ah, bag it on my oh, windshield. Boy. I'll tell you what, though. My HVAC is just in my car. <laughs> Say that again, Chris. Great. I'm sorry. My what about your HVAC? My climate control just is not working right now, so I have to get that fixed this week. <laughs> but um, it's actually the temperature is not supposed to be too bad on yeah. Thursday, but well, tomorrow. I get heat. Oh well, you're fine then. Well, what happened is is that I got in the car and I turned on. I, I heard when I started the car the other day, I heard this crunching noise, and I was like, "What the fuck that was that?" Good. But I thought it was like it almost sounded like. Like something dragging against something else. Like it was a very odd sound. So that's what it sounded like. That's the best way to put it. Hmm. And I said, oh, maybe my, maybe I got kinds of crap in my pocket. Maybe I brushed up against something weird. Who knows? And then the next day I turned the car on and I did it and I turned off the HVAC. And when I turned it off, it sounded like two gears weren't meshing. Hmm. And then I was like, oh, what was that? And I turned it on. Then I turned it off again. And I was like, oh, that's no good. And I went right on my phone. And I made an appointment at the dealership right there and haven't touched it since. I used to have a um, Subaru, and it used to make bubbling noises <laughs> when I turned the heat on. <laughs> Never got you drove, let me tell you something. You drove that car till it fucking perished. 200 and some thousand miles. Jesus Christ. You got every mile out of that fucking yes, car. I did. Well, I was talking to my wife today. We got we have like a Kia now. We don't we're not flashy. We don't give a shit. And right. I was like, when this car is about to blow up, we have to get a new one. 
Where do you think electric technology in 10 to 15 years, where do you think electric technology will be? I'll have a flying car. It'll be like fucking Blade Runner. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, I've never thought about that. I have a 2013 Ford Fusion that I'm planning on riding until the wheels fall off. I, I hate up. cars, and I, and do I don't too. I don't care about car people. It's like what? Like, that's great. My car can go zero to ninety in one second. What am I going to do on seventy six? You're still sitting there, <laughs> going thirty five with everybody else, just paying paying double every month. I'm based on my my car purchases are based on price and gas mileage. That's it. If you are under a certain amount on gas mileage, fuck that bullshit, man. Give me the electric shit. So I, uh, you know, we, when we moved, we were, I wanted to buy a truck. I wanted to get it just so we can grab stuff for the house and, you know, all this other stuff. Like I just, I just did a, uh, I had to put up a wall in my garage so I can insulate the cinder block wall in my garage. We uh, listened to you choking to death on your insulation. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week I almost died. So anyway, uh, so I bought the truck, but, uh, you know, here's the thing. And I tell people this all the time. I would have loved to get it to have gotten, there were a number of different trucks I was looking at. I then, people were like, why'd you get the one you got? I got a Ford Ranger. And I said, because, um, you know, why don't you get a Toyota? Why don't you do this? I, my response is because I know somebody at a Ford dealership. Yeah, That's why I bought the Ranger. And I love my truck. Don't get me wrong. And there are things that I will do to my truck, but there are things that Fuck will in no, I, I'm not going to do that. But at least, I thought that you know, was funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would at least – see, Brandon laughs at this because he hasn't been listening to it for uh, 46 years. Fucking uh, <laughs> a tailpipe. That was you. Fucking a tailpipe. So – but anything that I would do to my automobile is done to make it do what it does better. That's it. You know, you I take my I take my truck off road and I take it camping. I get bigger tires and I get it lifted. But there's a reason for that. I get lifted. Brandon, got you were saying. I was gonna say you weren't licking that little chromie. Like, <laughs> you know what that means? Like, it's the chromie. We we used to call them chromies. It was like if I, uh, I don't know what they're called. Like on the <laughs> on the tire to pump air into it. <laughs> oh, the the, the, the valve slip like, caps. If, yeah, if it, so when I was growing the up... The thing on the tire it, where this, you pump this, the air into it. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking I don't about. Know what the, I don't yeah. know what the little nozzle thing is called. But the, it's a valve step. Like, a, a valve step. <laughs> valve step. No, so we would call them chromies. It's it's the... like it's the, the valve cap. stem cap. That's yeah, what that's okay. called. Yeah. So, I'm giving you the answer. I'm so, on mute, and, but I'm like crying laughing. Oh. <laughs> Chromies, no. chrome. you, were, you were rich if you had the the metal valve stem caps and kids who I grew up. I love how somehow cars and, and and sell them to a local like shop for money. Nice. So we would Chris call them chromies. You got to get. I love how somehow. You licking chromies? I love how somehow I get assaulted with this crap. Shut up. I know. I can see words are about to come out of your mouth. I get assaulted with licking chromies, fucking the tailpipe, because because I happen to be a guy who cares about his automobile. I care about my automobile. No, listen. Nobody's saying that you're licking the cro- the chromies. We are insinuating you might be fucking the tailpipe. Licking the chromies <laughs> okay. is something else. I care about my thing. automobile. I just wouldn't. For the audience. I just don't care about my automobile at the same time. Do you ever chrome lick? 
If you, you want to give viewers, I have if you want to give listeners, somebody's got to lick a chromie. I don't even know. I bet, I'm surprised. I be I haven't looked in a while. So I went out. I had this situation where I got a um, a hole in a tire, and it, I could not plug it. So I went. I was going through this period where I didn't want to buy a new tire. I knew I could fix it. So I bought this little tire patch kit or this tire plug kit, and inside the tire plug kit were chromies. So I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll use these. And I put them. So I think I do have chromies on the car, but usually if you buy them and put them on, they get stolen immediately. That's you licking the chromies, <laughs> dude. Chris has a very cool truck. I'm not gonna. Hate I'm, it. I'm taking this up with who? Who do you complain about sexual harassment at the workplace? OSHA. Sure. An OSHA let, hold on, let me talk to HR. Hold on, let me go get them. <laughs> Yeah, Brandon is HR um, for the for the you know, hard for wrestling. Uh, wrestling is hard podcast. This is HR. Uh, I heard you have a complaint, Chris. Oh God. Oh, God. is your last name? Oh, don't say that one. Neither. <laughs> is your last name? Do you have? Do you have you? We got eight listeners. They file? all know who I am. File? Would you like to file a complaint? Yes. Please tell me what what's your complaint. <laughs> This, this segment is going on way too long. All right, let's get out of here. All right, happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening. I hope you're enjoying your holiday. Don't suck on any chromies. Licking chromies. Licking the chromes. Sucking the dome. Thanks for joining us this week. Join us here every week. And wrestling is hard. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at hard number four wrestling. Subscribe and follow and tell your friends. For Brandon and Chris, I am Jim, and we'll be back here next week. We have nothing big coming up next week, right? I don't think so. No. It's almost December on Tuesday. Oh, my God. Holy shit. I think it's our one-year anniversary. Oh, my God. We've been doing this for a year. Here we go. All right, bye. Bye.